first episode of Bit Driven, uh, hosted by me, David Diamond. Give you a little background on me before we start this episode, since it is the first. I live in Colorado. I've been all over the place in the country. I've lived in California, Tennessee, Texas. I've lived in a bunch of places. Um, just to give you some background on me before we start this, because I am mostly tech-oriented and I have other things that revolve around tech. Um, number one, I'm a prosumer. That's the guy you know that puts all his work into researching, testing, seeing all the reviews, playing around with everything, and trying to buy that grade that's basically right there with the professionals, but obviously not as much. Um, it's definitely my obsession. Technology, I live and breathe for. I wake up to RSS feeds of articles about new technology that I'll never even get my hands on. Network switches, crazy stuff like that. Um, all I ever think about is technology. That's all I do. But aside from that, I have a huge love for esports and I have a huge love for just explaining things to people that may or may not understand certain things. Uh, Chromebooks, for one, in this in this episode going forward. And first thing I want to start off on is probably the biggest announcement that's come out in the last week or so would be the new Nintendo console, which, and let me just get this out of the way, I'm a PC gamer, so maybe I might be a little bit biased when I talk about this stuff, but this is probably the first console I've seen in some time that I'm quite interested in. It's overall got to be the most interesting i mean everyone remembers the wii the wii came out that the motion control was the first of its kind on that one and that was pretty pretty amazing on all that um and then they came out the wii u same thing out of the tablet now they're taking it a step further and they're going with well from what i've seen in the video, they did release a trailer they give you little tidbits they didn't explain everything exactly but i do have some extra information information that most people probably won't have right now um First thing is everyone saw that it's a tablet. You have the tablet. You have the two controller pieces. Um, the thing that they kind of showed that most people didn't understand very well was the tablet itself comes apart from the controller, and you put it in its base, and then it becomes a home console. It, it's connected to the TV. It has more power from the base to give it more uh, juice, more frames per second, higher resolution, stuff like that. And if that wasn't interesting enough to have basically – Say I'm playing, and they showed Skyrim, which for a lot of people, that's a pretty cool thing for Nintendo to show. They have a long history of not supporting third-party publishers. They're always about showing Mario, Zelda, Metroid, stuff like that. But this time in the video, they actually showed Skyrim, which is not made by them or really has anything to do with them. Um, it looked amazing, but essentially... You have the Nintendo Switch in the base, and it's basically like, if you can imagine... Uh, those old like magazine stands that you have, like someone having like their bathroom or at the side of the door, it just sits there like a book. Once connected, it does everything as normal like a regular console. You can take it out, use it as a tablet, but then have these two controller parts that attach to it that adds controller to the tablet. And what's crazy is um, you have that mode. Then you have the the controller parts again with a battery that can go in the middle of those, and that's like a big regular controller for the home console part then the trailer keeps going and they show in the car they just slide the tablet in this little car holder thing and the two the two little controller parts that form one controller you take it apart they are still 
two controllers for two people. You just turn the controller sideways, and it's like the old-school Nintendo controller, and it was still usable. It showed them playing Mario Kart on it, which was amazing. They showed a Pro controller, which is pretty much, it looked a lot like the the Xbox controller, um, and I'm guaranteed that's going to be costing extra. Um, the biggest thing about it, they kept going, and Obviously, the third-party support is a big deal because a big problem with the Wii and the Wii U was they didn't have third-party support. So if you weren't into those types of games that they offer, you didn't have a lot of choice. So it just wasn't as popular. Now they're going that route. Um, and the crazy thing about it is near the end of the trailer, and I think this is probably the biggest thing I want to take away from this, is that they showed it being used in an esports arena they had two teams using it to draw stuff on the tablet they use the pro controllers and it zooms out and it shows these two teams in an arena just like a regular esports event playing uh splatoon which uh is an amazing game people love it and it's crazy to see that they're maybe thinking about embracing it as an esport which would be crazy because they haven't really been involved with that they're actually i think we all know uh, Nintendo's not very well known for their multiplayer uh, at all. It's not the best in comparison to the other two consoles and definitely not to PC. Um, but aside from that, I got a few little facts for you. How much it costs? Um, I'm probably going to estimate 350 I see the range of people saying 300 to 350 Some people are saying 400 just because it's something new and they might want to jump on it. I think it's going to be 350 for sure. Uh, I don't seem going high. Nintendo's not known for going very high in the releases, unlike the other two. Um, it'd be great for them. The battery life is something that is bringing concern to a lot of people because you have the battery life of the tablet, the battery life of the controller. A lot of it's being used. When you hook up the controller to the tablet, it looks like it's using the tablet's battery to power the controller pieces, which is kind of a worry. I mean, if a big part of it is being mobile, if the battery life is bad out the gate, it pretty much negates the use of the thing as a whole. Um, the last thing I'm going to say on this, since you can look up in a lot of places and find this out, is the processor itself. The big news to me, 100%, is they made a deal with NVIDIA and they have the new uh, reworked Tigra chip on the tablet, that was confirmed. They can't confirm what's in the base, but on the tablet is the Tigra chip. The only things that have that is the shield, TV, the Shield tablet, and the old, the old, uh, uh, not it wasn't on the controller, but basically it's where it kind of started. Um, and they had an old phone that had the Tigra, but the Tigra chip itself, it was pretty powerful. They have it currently. If you want to see it, if you know someone that has the Shield TV, um, the Shield TV actually plays full on PC games. I've seen things like, yeah, Portal, Half Life 2, there's a bunch of games that run fully on that chip no problem 60 frames a second and with the ability to have enough juice to record that video while you're playing it all from one mobile chip and something that is quite small we're seeing something in the base so um as far as i know maybe it could be on the tablet it's just going to be that tiger chip and in the base it could be just an, an extra gpu in it just to give it that extra boost um i'm pretty excited about it i think from what i've seen online a lot of people talking about it, it seems like a lot of people um, in general, um, especially the PC community, they seem to be really excited just because this seems to be enough of a difference from the general consoles to buy, especially if it comes in at 300 to $350. That's not crazy expensive and it's not super cheap, but they also showed a lot of multiplayer options. So it could turn out to be, turn out to be the, um, 
the best like couch party type of console. Everyone gets really excited about it. Uh, moving on from there, talking about the eSports from Nintendo. It's kind of funny. All this stuff kind of came up, and I was going to talk about this going to talk about this anyway but i wanted to bring up esports in general because as of officially right now we've had some major news um we've had a larger sports team buying actual esports teams you have the 76ers buying two esports teams you have Shaq getting involved with uh e-league which was i believe a tv show that they were showing everywhere and in general um they're showing that Esports as a whole is starting to go totally mainstream. You have celebrities promoting it. You have celebrities buying teams, which that's its own kind of drama. As of right now, with the grassroots, people want to keep these teams owned by the people that originally own them. They don't want this to be bought out by, say, Kanye West because, you know, no one wants anything bought by Kanye West, really. (laughs) Essentially, um, Coming into the whole thing, it's exciting for me to see. And a few things I saw that kind of shows the mainstream is coming. Buffalo Wild Wings uh, was showing E-League in right next to football. Football ESPN was right on other televisions and was being cheered for just as much as the other sports. While that doesn't seem like a big deal, I mean, Buffalo Wild Wings is known as being a sports place. Like They show pretty much they just show ESPN on all of the TVs and – you know, they tend to focus more on the major sports, NFL, UFC, and stuff like that. But to have, they had Counter-Strike Global Offensive on on the TVs. Um, it was on the channel TBS, but they also had it on Twitch, streaming on Twitch. The fact that there was a good chance you could go into any Buffalo Wild Wings, sit down, and you were going to watch a full match between two professional esports teams at any point. If you would have told me this, even barely a year ago, I would have told you you were crazy. Everyone watches it on Twitch, but now it's starting to go into cable television on regular channels. You know, it's not coming in on ESPN 8, the Ocho, you know, the thing was on the Dodgeball team. This is coming over on regular cable networks like TBS, and it's amazing to see. Now, we have something in Colorado. This is where I'm located. I'm super excited about. I My little brothers have gone there. I'm going to go out there and, and check this out. It's called Clutch Gaming Arena. Clutch Gaming Arena is in Arvada, and basically they set up this huge bar. Um, it's this huge, you can go and play the games, and it's basically a very large esports type arena, and it is absolutely perfect. Uh, it's a great place to be and see. Inside they have an energy bar, uh, they have uh, projectors and TV screens that show all the esports, 50 computers as well you can play on with really good rates. Um, I see people go in there and all they do, they'll go in sometimes, just get something to drink, and they'll just sit and watch the esports on these huge projectors and TVs. And it's amazing to see. It's definitely proven the mainstream. People are opening up businesses around this. This is going to be big, if not already big. I know that teams are making millions of dollars. I think the industry as a whole may be making billions. I don't know for sure, but maybe. Um, but one last thing on esports before we move on to the next subject is um, props to SKT. Um, they took down the Rocks Tigers 3-2 to two in the League of Legends Worlds. It was amazing to watch. Um, crazy to see the best of the best, but kind of funny that I now get to say, uh, maybe the first time it's ever been said for esports, the fundamentals make the difference. It's all about the fundamentals. Um, just good champion selection and playing it and playing to the fundamentals of the game to win and etch out a 3-2 to two win. Congrats to SKT. Can't wait to see you next year. Um, now... 
Well, now we get out of that esports stuff. We'll get back to that at some point in the future. Um, I want to talk about uh, Chromebooks. It's what I'm on right now. I don't think they get enough attention because I think um, just kind of how like Android was when it first started. Um, a lot of people got one. It wasn't the best experience, and they kind of left. Um, now at the point. Um, they've announced that Android apps are going to be going over to the Chromebooks. There are three Chromebooks you can buy now that are able to do that out the box. Um, and it's it's been great. I've seen them. I used them. It's amazing with, uh, with the Android apps. Um, you can also install Linux. You've always been able to install Linux. I put Linux on mine. And it's just a simple uh, three-key hotkey to switch between the two operating systems. I have a full computer. Um, and so, but there haven't been a ton of... Um, producers in the market it's really been acer asus uh dell i believe and hp they kind of made them and they've they've done a good job acer being with the acer 14 for 300 dollars, all aluminum super fast intel been great samsung accidentally leaked what they're calling the chromebook pro uh, for four ninety nine, and when they said four ninety nine, that's out of the range of a Chromebook. I mean, you're expecting to pay at the most for a Chromebook without going into the high, high, high end ones, three hundred fifty, maybe four hundred dollars. But then they're coming in at five hundred. So when it leaked, we saw it twelve point three inch, two thousand four hundred by sixteen hundred display, two gigahertz hexacore. That's six cores. 4 gigs of RAM and 32 gigs of storage, which is more than enough on a Chromebook. Here's the major thing. Also, a touchscreen with a stylus um, that supposedly has a digitizer. So we're talking Wacom capabilities. Flips 360, so it works. Two USB Type-Cs, and they're promoting 10 hours of battery life, and there hasn't been one Chromebook that doesn't hit what they say. Minimal bezels, high resolution, $500. You're not going to find all this stuff in any other laptop for 500 bucks. You're just not. Now, oh, and supposedly they're going to be supporting the Android apps right out of the box. So this is probably going to be, in my opinion, depending on how quick this processor is, because it's not an Intel. This is an ARM. So the one you find a phone, a lot of Chromebooks use them way more than fast. I literally have about 16 tabs open in Chrome right now with my Gmail, with some stuff running in the background and no slowdown. And I have one that's not even top of the line. I got mine for $300 and it's been great. Um, but for me, probably going to end up buying it. Everything's true. At the same time, literally the day after this leaked, HP and Asus came out and kind of leaked a little bit saying, hey, we're working on the same type of stuff, these convertibles. And I think this is where these Chromebooks are going to shine. If they keep making these convertibles, which are the two-in-ones, not to separate them Surface style um, or the Pixel tablet from Google, but they stay as a whole and you fold them. And a lot of people before didn't like them, but it's using the Chrome operating system and they fixed a lot of the problems that Windows computers never could fix. I love Windows, by the way, not bashing on them, but in this instance, for the majority of people, this is more than enough and Using the Android app solves a lot of problems with everything people's had with the Chrome OS from before, not being able to run certain things. Um, hey, I want to run Photoshop. Adobe just announced that they're going to have Photoshop Cloud for Chrome OS. So it's going to have all the processing power uh, in the air, and you're just going to access it via the Internet. Uh, another thing people complained about was, well, you have to be on the Internet to use your laptop. Well, that's true, and then it's not true. You can use everything on the Chromebook. You just can't access the Internet which is the same for pretty much every other laptop out there. But how hard is it to find internet these days? There's Wi-Fi everywhere. Your phone has, can share Wi-Fi. Um, I've used the Chromebook without internet at all, and the only thing I couldn't do was 
go on the internet. I could still type my documents. I could still print. I could still do a bunch of stuff. Um, but not much change. But at four ninety nine, that Samsung is going to be a killer, especially if you know everything. I've seen and it looks beautiful. It's all metal design. It has rounded edges, kind of like the Samsung phones. This one won't blow up either, hopefully. Um, but in my who knows, things are blowing up. Uh, <laughs> Samsung has definitely got to get that fixed. And uh, with the battery that they're claiming to be ten hours, that'd be a big boom, I'm sure. Um, Aside from that, Asus is claiming they're building something that's $900. The only Chromebook that's been above that was the Google Pixel, which was definitely top of the line. i7, touchscreen, huge resolution. But that was one that was a full-on beast of a laptop on its own that if you had Windows on or even a Mac, you'd be looking well over $1,000 plus. Uh, they haven't made a new one yet so far, but I'm really excited. And uh, that's pretty much all the news and stuff I have to talk about now. That's the end of this episode. Thanks for listening to my first one. We're going to have uh, many more. Uh, probably plan on doing these once a month. Uh, if you have any questions or if you want things answered, I am looking towards getting questions and answering them while I'm recording. Uh, you can email me at bitdriven at gmail.com. That's B-I-T-D-R-I-V-E-N at gmail.com. I also plan to have a Twitter, a blog, and a Facebook page for this podcast just to further connect with you guys just because I know a lot of people have a lot of questions and are trying to get connected to as many people as possible. So see you next time.